we're going to discuss a lot of things around soul winning. We're looking at soul winning and ministry. We are going to start with the book of John, John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, uh, when, especially when you read verse from verse 35, we read about um, two disciples of John the Baptist who followed Jesus. You know, uh, this is uh, Andrew and John, Andrew the brother of Peter, John the brother of James. They had become disciples of John the Baptist with the hope of receiving eternal satisfaction and peace. But John was not the answer to their quest. You know, they had followed John. John was not the answer. John was um, was a way to that answer. He pointed them to that answer. He was a signboard to that answer. He showed people the answer, but it was not the answer itself. You know, and he one, one day pointed Andrew and John to Jesus while he passed by, and they followed him. Uh, Andrew and John followed Jesus. And so it, it shows us what we are supposed to do when we follow the Lord. What does the Lord expect of us? And so in this teaching, in this course, we are learning on uh, soul winning and ministry. How that every ministry and every aspect of ministry must be about soul winning. Everyone who has been won is expected to win others. Everyone who has been saved is expected to bring salvation to others. Everyone who has been healed is expected to bring healing to others. Everyone who has been blessed is expected to take blessings to others. He is expected to be a blessing. So let's read John chapter 1 verse 35 to verse 37. Just get there in your Bible. We are reading John chapter 1. The Bible says, again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples, did you see that? Two of his disciples. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. So these two disciples followed Jesus. Now, when you study more about uh, Andrew and John, you will discover that they had a career, but a, a career life was not enough for these men, just like other men. You know, they were fishermen, and while fishing provided a means of living for them, it didn't provide satisfaction and peace for their soul. And really, nothing outside Christ can satisfy a man fully. Christ is our only true satisfaction. There is a Christ-shaped vacuum. There is a Christ-shaped vacuum in every heart that will never be filled until that man receives Christ in his heart. A well-paying job, a family that loves and respect, that respect this man is not enough. Nothing can fill that Christ-shaped vacuum in the heart of man but Christ himself. Nothing. And so when we look at people, we need to, we need to, we need to have this. It doesn't matter how beautiful they look on the outside. It doesn't matter how uh, they, they dress fancy clothes and drive fancy cars and they live in mansions. If they don't have Christ, they are empty on the inside. And that is why you find people, you know, uh, 
trying to fill that void with drugs and and yoga and all these other practices until christ comes into their hearts they will never know true satisfaction everyone who has not received jesus needs jesus whether they know it or not they need him and so these two disciples wanted true riches they wanted true satisfaction they hungered for real peace and genuine love they seeked for it but in the wrong places you know they, they looked for it they looked for it in their career in their business they, they heard that john was preaching they went to where john was but john told them the one who is coming after me and the bible tells us one day when john was standing he told them behold the lamb of god and they followed him and really they didn't know what they were looking for they didn't know what they they needed so look at verse 38 then you remember the bible tells us they followed him now verse 38 then jesus turned and saw them following and saith unto them what seek ye that is the question the question is not who seek ye the question is what seek ye in other words what are you looking for they said unto him rabbi which is to say being interpreted master they, they said to him where dwellest thou where do you live <laughs> all right so even though they had found jesus they didn't really know what they were looking for that is why jesus asked them what do you seek sometimes when people come to church they, they are looking for something they're looking for a job they are looking for um, marriage they are looking for something they're not looking for someone they're looking for something but what they need is someone and not something when they have that someone they will have that something they are looking for that someone is jesus they are looking for healing they're not looking for the healer when they have the healer they will have the healing they are looking for uh, what are they looking for peace they're not looking for the prince of peace when they have the prince of peace they'll have peace you know so he said what 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 are you looking for and then they asked him where do you stay and notice also that let's go back to verse 8 and jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them what's he care they said unto him rabbi which is, is to say being interpreted master or uh, teacher you know they didn't see him as savior they saw him as teacher they saw him as a rabbi all right now verse 39 verse 39 jesus told them come and see they asked him where do you stay jesus said come and see come and see i wish you had a neighbor i almost told you tell your neighbor come and see come and see come and see that what a powerful statement powerful phrase come and see these were hungry men looking for something but he told them come and see and so when you look at it what does it mean come and see it's an invitation to a supernatural experience you know Jesus was giving them an invitation. Jesus was inviting them. The, the same way we invite people for our meetings, we invite people for our services. You're having a meeting, an ST meeting. You know, you, you need to be bored enough to tell people to come and see. Just a reminder, uh, my 40 minutes will be up very soon, so you know what to do. You just reconnect. Come and see. Have you told your neighbors, come and see? Have you told your friends, come and see? 
They are all looking for something, but they all need someone. Have you taught them, come and see? Have you invited them to an experience with Christ? You know, sometimes people don't take uh, invitations seriously. They don't take church invitations seriously. They don't take um, uh, bringing people to Christ seriously, bringing people to the church seriously. And sometimes uh, others don't even participate completely because they don't see the value of bringing people to the Lord. And you don't know what these people can do. And I told you, when he wins you, he expects you to win others. He expects you. And this is how ministry grows. Imagine, uh, like the way we have uh, uh, SAS Solutions, part of the class today, is a director of music ministry in Carlos Christian Church. Imagine if every member of the department was winning, let's say, a soul per week, a soul. And that is very small. Can you imagine seven days, and in seven days you only managed to win one soul? That means you, you, you have not really grown in Christ. You are very selfish. You have spent all this time doing your own work. Can you imagine seven days, one soul? <laughs> Even though that's hard to imagine, uh, try to imagine now the whole month. There are some Christians who have not won a soul in the whole month. And in the whole year, they have not won anybody. From the time the year started till now, there is no soul to their name. It's terrible. It's terrible. And yet they go to church, they pray, they read their Bible, and they don't know <laughs> what is missing in their life. This is the thing that is missing. And, and they feel like whenever the pastor tells them, win souls, bring people to church, he's talking about filling the building. There is, God has bigger plans than just filling the building. And there is a reason why he wants the building filled. All right, we'll study about that later. So, so important. I'm asking you right now, how many souls are you going to win to Christ this week? No, no, no. I'm not talking about somebody pushing you to do it. I'm talking about you waking up to this responsibility as a minister. Because we said last week that you are first a soul winner before you are any minister, before you are a music minister, before you are a children's church minister, before you are a pastor, before you are an evangelist, uh, an apostle, a prophet, you are a soul winner. So how many souls are you winning? As a matter of fact, all these things, directors, all these leadership positions uh, are, are a means to an end and the end is soul winning and soul development. Meaning that God makes you a music director so that you can win souls through music to him and when I say through music I don't just mean through you singing I mean through the music ministry it, it means that the music ministry is able to organize outreach programs is able to go out for evangelism is able to win people bring people to the Lord and encourage those who are already won to win others and follow up on them and see to it that they are also winning others can you imagine a church that is like that every member of the church is a soul winner imagine we have uh, uh, 2 billion Christians, so uh, 2.5. Imagine only 1 billion, imagine 1 billion Christians decided to win a soul. There are over 8 billion people in the world as it stands today. Now imagine all of us, 1 billion, praise the Lord. Imagine 1 billion, 1 billion Christians decide to win a soul. Um, each 
1 billion Christians decided to win us all each in 8 days. Are you aware that in 8 days we would have won the whole world? Oh boy. Think about that. If 1 billion Christians won a soul each, I don't mean 10, 100, no, a soul each, in 8 days. In 8 days. Man, tokobo, lodo, so tokobo, just just think about it ledo sotolobo satalaba oh glory glory welcome back welcome back welcome back man tolobo sotolobo welcome back we're talking about imagine the the body of Jesus Christ around the world. And imagine if we say one billion Christians, I'm aware that we don't have one billion, we have more than one billion. But I'm saying imagine one billion Christians, all of them got engaged and involved in soul winning. Within eight days, no, not even eight, seven days actually. That means in one week, because this is already one billion, the population is eight billion. So in seven days, uh-huh. In seven days, we are all winning one soul to the Lord. In seven days, we are all winning one soul to the Lord. Would have won seven billion souls, and that means the whole world. But what's the problem? Very few Christians are winning souls. Very few. Very, very few are winning souls. And, and that's why the church is, is small. God expects the church to be big by now. You know. Okay, let's come back here to what we're dealing with. Let's read verse 40 and 41. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him. I told you this was Andrew and John. Where, where did I get it? How did I know this was Andrew and John? Uh, it's in verse 40. It says, One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon's, Simon Peter's brother. Now, I wanted to notice what happened when <laughs> Andrew encountered Jesus and what God expects us to do when we encounter Jesus, when you receive Jesus. Look at what Andrew did. I'm reading verse 40, which is so, to me, so touching and so mind-blowing, mind-boggling. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Now listen to what he did. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Oh, glory. Now, I want you to remember that when he saw Jesus, he called him rabbi. This time he does not call him rabbi. When he, when he, when he honored the invitation of Christ to come to his home, when Jesus said, come and see, there he experienced Christ. And he did not come back saying, Simon, come and see the rabbi. No, he said, we have found the Christ. We have found the man we have been looking for. 
We have found the man we were looking for. Everything changed when Andrew encountered Christ. He doesn't introduce him as simply a rabbi, but as a messiah. You remember that? We have found him. We have found him. All that a man needs is found in Jesus. When, when you find him, you have found all that you need. I show you a mystery. Man's only need is Christ. There is no need that man has that Christ does not satisfy. There is no need. And I mean this in every sense of, of this statement, every sense of the word. There is no need. So this Andrew wins Simon, who later on became uh, known as Peter. Isn't it amazing that Peter was warned, was led to the Lord by someone? He was led to the Lord. He was won. He was brought. So today when you look at big evangelists winning souls, having mass crusades, you know, I was watching a video of evangelist Reinhard Bonke the other day. Oh, it blessed my heart. Seeing two million people won to the Lord in one meeting. One, I mean, one meeting. I'm talking about two million people. Not in one year, in one meeting. And there were several meetings like that. 1.5 in another meeting I saw about over four million people led to the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you aware? Somebody led Reinhard Bonke to Christ. Someone led him to Christ. You don't know. The people that you are ministering to, the people that we are winning, you don't know what they are going to become in Christ. You don't know. Okay, now let's look at verse 43. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee now look at what Jesus did. And findeth Philip. Jesus was a soul winner. I want you to notice he said he findeth Philip. That means he was looking for him. Remember Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. To seek. A church that does not seek for the lost is lost itself. A minister who does not seek for the lost is lost himself. He says, he went the following day, the day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and find a Philip. He was not satisfied to just have John and Andrew. He went looking for Philip. Dear man of God, woman of God, have you found your Philip? Philip is not going to come to you. You have to go looking for him. I'm reading verse 43 when John chapter 1. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. Oh, hallelujah. The boldness of Jesus. Jesus was a master soul winner. Let's learn from him. Be bold. You know, I've heard some people when they go out, they're evangelizing and they're winning souls after leading the soul to Christ. They tell them, uh, find a Bible-believing church. They are not bold enough to tell that person, come to my church. Jesus was bold enough to tell people, follow me. He did not say, follow the prophets, follow the preachers. He said, follow me. He didn't beat up about the bush. He said, follow me. Now, look at what happened to that Philip. It gives us a pattern, the same pattern again. When you win, you're expected to win others. If you're not winning others, it means that you have not grown. It means that you have not understood what you have received. It means that you don't know who you really are in Christ. Now, Philip was of Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael. 
Are you seeing what's happening here? Philip founded Nathaniel. Philip is won, led to Christ by Jesus himself, brought to Christ. Jesus said, follow me. Philip starts following Jesus. And then Philip findeth Nathaniel. He goes looking for Nathaniel. He knew Nathaniel. Nathaniel was his contact. You know, just like you have contacts on your phone, you know, you have contacts on Facebook, on WhatsApp, and your phone book. And then there are people you are in physical contact with. They are not your contacts on, on phone or social media, but they are physical contact with you or geographical contact. You live in the same area. You go looking for them. And Philip findeth Nathaniel and saith unto him, We have found him. Now notice what Philip says. We have. Philip now has the spirit of unity. He knew that ministry is teamwork. Philip does not say, I have. Philip says, we have. You know, Peter and Andrew and John, we have. And then we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel, now look at what Nathaniel said. Sometimes you think that when you go for evangelism, when you talk to people, they are all going to respond and say, yes, we want Jesus. But Nathaniel said unto him, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? I want you to notice what Philip said to Nathaniel. Philip said unto him, come and see. Oh, that phrase again. <laughs> Woo! Come and see. Come and see. You're a doubter. You don't believe in him. Come and see. Oh, glory. Nathaniel was a seeker of good, but he was a skeptic. He was a skeptic. You know, sometimes when you, when you invite people to church, as a minister, as a pastor, or as a member of a church, when you invite people to church, sometimes people are skeptic. Ah, the churches of nowadays, the churches of now, tell them, come and see. This one is different. Sometimes people say, ah, the location of your church. Your church is in a poor environment. Can anything good happen in that environment? You tell them, come and see. Be bored. Where did Philip get this boldness? He got it from Jesus. That's the same way Jesus went. So he told them, come and see. And Philip did the same to Nathaniel. He told him, come and see. <laughs> Oh, glory, come and see, you know, and, and, and you know that the more we do this, the more we win souls, the more we grow in Christ, the more we grow. So Jesus, if you remember Matthew 10 verse 40, he said, he that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. So Jesus now lives in us and expresses himself through us. We are his body on earth today. So the, you have to be bored enough to continue what Jesus started. You tell them, come and see. Come and see. And when, when Nathaniel came to Jesus, you know what Jesus did? Jesus gave him a word of knowledge. Jesus called him by name. Jesus described the kind of character Nathaniel had. And Nathaniel, he said, Rabbi, and he did not stop there. He said, Thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. You read John 1 verse 49. He called him the Son of God. Nathaniel became 
a believer. Nathaniel became a follower. Those who are following are expected to win others, to make followers out of others. They're not just expected to follow. You don't say, no, I'm me, I'm just following. No, you you call others like that, like Philip did. Let's go to John chapter 4 now. Let's go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, we're going to read verse 28 and verse 30. But before we read that, you remember the first part of John 4, Jesus Christ ministering to uh, the woman at the well. Jesus Christ ministering to the woman at the well, Jacob's well. And, and Jesus Christ starts a conversation. He teaches us a lot about evangelism and so on. Jesus does not just uh, uh, start preaching to this woman. He engages her in a conversation. He looks at uh, something that they had in common. You know, the woman came to fetch water and Jesus Christ wanted water. So Jesus started talking about water. You know, you find somebody, they are reading a newspaper. You don't just tell them, I'm here to preach to you. Or you start talking about what are you reading today? What's that newspaper about? You engage them in a conversation. But then Jesus Christ had an agenda. The agenda was to win that woman. And he didn't even get that water. If you read the story, he didn't get the water. Even the woman didn't get the water. But she got the word of life. Jesus preached the gospel to her. And there's something that she did. When she was warned, she did something. Look at verse 28, John chapter 4, verse 28. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, now I want you to notice what she said to the men, come see a man, come and see. She said to the men, come see a man, which told me all things that ever I did. Is this not the Christ? The Bible says, then they went out of the city and came unto him. The whole city was won through one woman who had been won. And this is the Lord's strategy today. The strategy of the Lord is that the church should grow through the people who have been won and placed into the church. One woman, you know, she won the whole city for Christ. She won the whole city for the Lord. And it's interesting that the Bible says the whole city went to Jesus. I mean, these people would have said, tell him to come to us. If he's a true man of God, he's a true prophet, he's a true Messiah, tell him to come to us. But no, her preaching was so convincing. I also want you to see that she brought them to a place where they could encounter Christ. And the church is a place where people can encounter Christ. When, when people are invited to church, as I say, be bold to invite people to church. Tell them your story will change. Because it's not your power that will change their story. It's God's power. We're talking about soul winning. The minister ends soul winning. Maybe I should title it, the minister, the ministry ends soul winning. Because this involves everyone. Every member of the church must be a soul winner. 
As a matter of fact, any member of the church who is not winning souls is not yet a functional member. That person is a dormant member. When you look at your physical body, when a part of your body stops functioning, it becomes a danger to the body. All right, becomes a danger. Cells that that are not working, dead cells, become a danger to the body. When some brain cells stop working, that can result in a stroke. That can result in a stroke. Some arteries are not working, it can paralyze the whole body. So non-functional members uh, are a danger to the body. I don't mean that they are useless. They are not. They just need to be helped. You see, if they are not helped, they will become a cancer to the body. They will become a discouragement to the church. A discouragement. When everyone is winning souls, you cannot be comfortable not winning souls. You will start winning souls. That's why Jesus said, he who does not gather with me is scattering. He tells you those who are doing nothing are actually doing something. They are destroying the work. If you're not building, you are destroying. If you're not gathering, you're scattering. You see? And that's why you find some churches are not growing because members are stagnant. The church is stagnant because members are stagnant. The church is not growing because members are not working. And it is the pastor's duty to train the saints for the work of the ministry. But then you see, sometimes you find that ministers also have a problem. They love to minister to the people's needs, you know, receive your healing, your miracle, and all that. And they never get the chance to talk to them their real stuff, to talk to their ministry matters, and to get them involved in the work of the ministry, which is so important because if they do the work of the ministry, I mean, all these things will be added to them. All these things. All these things. You need to start functioning. You need to start functioning. If you're not a soul winner. Now, here, here is the thing. A soul winning pastor will raise a soul winning church. If the pastor does not win souls, even though he tells the members win souls, they won't. Because these things flow from the head. A soul-winning ST leader will raise a real soul-winning team. If I find an ST, by the way, for those of you who are not aware of what STs are, ST simply means soul-winning team. If, if, if you have a soul-winning team that is not winning souls, it's not a soul-winning team. That's a misnomer because soul-winning team means that these people are working together to win their environment to win their world, their catchment area. That's what that means. And it means that your meetings are about soul winning and soul development. That's what that means. Remember what I said. Any minister who is not passionate about soul winning, who is not winning souls, has lost himself. He, he doesn't know his purpose. He doesn't know his calling as a minister. He doesn't know what God has really called him to do. He doesn't know. I've heard some people say, uh, me, I was called to prophesy. I was not called to win souls. I don't know which God called them. I don't know which God called them. Because the God of the Bible said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And then he says, these signs shall follow them that believe. We have all been sent to win souls. Soul winning is our duty. It's our responsibility. 
It's why we are on earth today. It's why you are on earth today. If you are not winning souls, you are not living in your destiny. You are not fulfilling your purpose. You think your purpose is to make money? What, what does money mean to God? All these things will be destroyed. What do they mean to God? You think your purpose is to build houses and, and mansions? All these things have no value to God. They have no value. That's why God is going to destroy them. But God is not going to destroy the souls that we win to Him. You only destroy something you don't value. You don't destroy something you value. God values souls. And when we win these souls to Him, they won't be destroyed. They will be saved while they are valuable to Him. And they have accepted the value He has placed on them. You see? And you want a success that is eternal. Success, greatness, real greatness. It is connected to soul winning. Forget about what people call you. Forget about being celebrated by people. All that is uh, freshly and carnal. Now, I don't mean that when you serve God in truth, you won't be celebrated. You will be celebrated. But the real celebration is a celebration you receive from the Lord. It's a celebration that happens in heaven. The Bible tells us that there is great joy in heaven over one soul that repents. And I strongly believe it's not just the soul that has been won that is celebrated, also the one that will won that soul. That's why Jesus said, Whosoever shall confess me before men, I will confess him before the angels. So that means that person is celebrated. Angels get to know his name. Angels of miracles, angels of provisions. You know, his name is celebrated. These are great men in heaven. These are great women. I would rather be famous in heaven than be famous on earth and be nothing in heaven. See? Now look at what this woman did. She went and shared her testimony. That's what she used. This woman did not even get a Bible talking about the woman at the well. She didn't open her Bible to the people. She opened her life, her testimony. Remember, she had had five husbands. The one who was with her was not even her husband. That's what Jesus told her. And she went. These are people who, who judged her, who called her names, but she went to them and shared her testimony. What have you done with your testimony? How many people know your testimony? All they see is your wonderful uh, dressing. You look good. You look smart. Why don't you write your testimony? Pin down your testimony. The things you used to do before you got born again. Write them down. Post them on social media. Tell people you too can be changed. I was this. I was that. I was a drunkard. I was. If you have photos, post them. Tell the people the Lord can change your life too. That's what the woman did. Beloved, we have been called to be witnesses. Acts 1 verse 8. He says, you shall receive power and you shall be my witnesses. You shall be my witnesses. What does a witness do? A witness produces proof. A witness testifies. We're supposed to testify. That's what testimonies are for. Testimonies are, ex are expected to lead people to Christ. So our testimony, if your te only testimony is, you know, I needed a car, I got a car. I needed a house, I got a house. You have not yet grown. We have bigger testimonies like that. 
than that. Testimonies that draw crowds to the Lord. Share your personal salvation testimony. Write it down. Write it down. Write it. Title it how I came to the Lord. Write it. Make it brief but detailed. Because people don't love to, to read long stuff. Make it brief. If it's quite long, you can cut it in, in, in parts and share it. Share it on WhatsApp. Other people can share it too. And share your contact also. If people want to uh, give their last request, they can contact you. They get in touch with you. You can win souls on social media through your testimonies. You know, she used her testimony. How many Christians bury their testimonies instead of a quiet life? They become so quiet. It is selfish to retire to I am free, leave me alone kind of mentality. You've got to get back to the people who know you. The people who knew you as a bad person. Go back to them and testify. How and where you met the Lord. Testify. Many people believe on Jesus because of the testimony. Many people believe on Jesus because of the testimony of others. Like these people, they believed on Jesus because of the testimony of the woman. And when they honored her invitation, almost everyone believed and experienced Christ. Look at verse 39. And he says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him. How did they believe on him? He says, for the saying of the woman which testified. Are you seeing that? They believed because of the testimony of a woman. They will also believe because of your testimony. Share your testimony. Did you get healed? Share your testimony. They will believe on him as healer. If you got saved, share your salvation testimony. They'll believe on him as Savior and he will save them. If you got healed, share with them your healing testimony. They'll believe on him as healer and he will heal them. If you got provisions, share your provision testimony. They'll believe on him as provider and they will receive provision. Share your testimony. They believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified. He told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. Now listen to what happens. And many more believed because of his own word, and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ. Now listen to what they said, the Savior of the world. Oh, hallelujah. Through your testimony, they will come into that real contact with Christ, and their faith will be more strengthened. This time they won't believe just because of your testimony. They will tell others, look, I have experienced him. He has helped me. I am blessed. I am favored. Look at me. He is the savior of the whole world. He's the savior of the whole world. So we learn so much from this woman concerning ministry, the minister and soul winning. So much that we should not bury our testimonies, that we should not be ashamed. The Bible tells us that this woman was alone when she went to the well. Why did she go alone? In those days, women didn't go alone to the well. They went with other women. Why did she go alone? Because no woman wanted to talk to her. She was bad news. Five husbands, and the one she had was not her husband. She was bad news. You know? But she 
went back and they came to him and they even besought him and said stay here for two days and he continued ministering to them have you been blessed in the church you are attending have you been encouraging your your people your members to share testimonies of how God has helped them in this ministry this is a place of salvation this is a place where people can come and see that God is good this is that place see our testimonies are great are a great tool to inviting others to Christ one woman won the whole city to Christ through her personal testimony oh boy what an example to follow share your testimony on social media don't just share the the poster the church poster share your your testimony your personal testimony don't just tell them come you receive your healing you have you ever received healing do you know anyone who received healing you can also share the testimonies of others people love to to to, to see that's why when you when you post a scripture not many people will respond when you post something about you you'll be amazed at how many people will respond you'll be amazed find 400 likes 400 comments because they want you you share your personal testimonies you will touch their hearts and draw them to the master hallelujah now let's look at David let's go to the Old Testament the book of Psalms Psalm 34 for those of you who are just joined in we are looking at the ministry the minister and soul winning that's what we are looking at the book of uh, Psalms Psalm 34 we're going to read from verse 2 to verse 7 David says this my soul shall make her boast in the Lord oh glory 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 let me let me let me just put it on the screen so you can see it what an interesting scripture very 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 interesting very inspiring look at this my soul shall make her boast in the Lord my soul shall make her boast in the Lord where is your boasting let to boast in the Lord talk about what the Lord has done for you the humble shall hear thereof and be glad of course the prideful won't be glad the prideful will say you're being prideful <laughs> but the humble will be glad oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exhort his name together that's what we're supposed to do magnify the Lord brothers and sisters magnify the Lord with me let us exhort his name together now listen to David he shares his testimony I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears David shares his testimony and then he shares the testimonies of others verse 5 they looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed he is talking about other people say look other people have been helped they looked unto him their faces were not ashamed these people have been helped he does not end there he also shares the testimony of a specific man he says this poor man cried and the Lord had him. Now look at the progression 
David testifies his own testimony, the testimonies of others he shares, the testimony of a certain individual. It says, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Praise God. That's what David did. He shared his testimony. He shared the testimonies of others. He shared the testimony of, of that one man. Now, in 10 minutes, the, light, the connection will cut. You just know what to do. You will join again. All right. Now, in verse 8 and verse 10, he shares now the big one. He tells the people, Oh, test and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. He's inviting them now. Are you seeing that? When you are a fisherman and you are catching fish, especially you are catching them one by one, you need um, something to use. And that that instrument you're going to use, we need to have a bet. Testimonies are a bet. You know, you, you put something there. So David says, I cried to the Lord, he, he, and he answered me and saved me from all my fears. He says, they looked to him and were enlightened. In other words, people, the people who have followed my God, the people who have come to our church, they have been so blessed. Look at them, look at them. Not one of them is ashamed. Then he said, this, this poor man cried to the Lord, and the Lord delivered him out of all his troubles. If this man was in debt, he says he was brought out of all his debt, brought out of all his troubles. Then David says, oh, test and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusted in him. What, what do you think is happening to the people that are listening to David? They also want to put their trust in the Lord. In verse 10, he says, the young lion do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. What is David doing? He's sharing good news about Jehovah. You seek the Lord, you will not lack any good thing. You don't need to seek for money. You don't need to seek for any of these things. Seek the Lord. Look at what I did. Look at what these people have done. Look at what this poor man has done. That's what you're supposed to do. See? And then when you are inviting people to church, don't just invite, don't just tell them, come to church. Tell them what to expect when they come. Tell them they will meet Christ. And all their needs will be met. Tell them of the kind of message they will receive from Christ's messenger, from your pastor. Tell them of the things the Lord has done through his end. I told you, no testimony is old. It may be something that God did in the church in 20s or two. Share it. As though he did it last week. Share it. No matter what, ensure that the expectations of the people you are inviting are raised, for they will not be disappointed. The Lord will meet them and turn their expectations into real experiences. Tell someone, come and see. Tell someone, taste and see. If so be, you have tested that the Lord is gracious. Tell someone. Tell someone. Have you taught someone? Have you invited someone? Have you shared the gospel to someone? Hallelujah. Tell someone the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Come and see. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Come and see. Come and experience. Come and be blessed. 
Come and be healed. Come and be saved. Tell something.